Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of OA News Overtime. I'm Jordan Hill with Justin Lee. Justin. Jordan. Jordan, a lot of time. Still in two different spots. I've been sitting. <laughs> Luckily, I'm feeling better. Hopefully, maybe this next episode I can be back in person. But until then, we're going wow. to the classic split screen that we started this baby off with. Well, That's true. It's retro. Yes. That's how the podcast started. Throwback. We're recording on Thursday. This is Throwback Thursday, man. Send an invite to Sarah. Get her in here. Sarah will be like, I don't have time for these losers. <laughs> no. <laughs> so a lot going on with Auburn sports. We're going to dive into yeah. some different things, but let's start with Auburn basketball. Auburn continues yeah. to thrive. And the thing I didn't really think about, this is our first episode since Auburn moved to number one. First yeah. time in program history. Auburn is the top ranked team in the nation. They pulled that up by having a rough showing but let's start let's start with the top ranking the getting the number one how big was that we thought it was going to happen last week and they came up four points short of tying Gonzaga they get it this week just what do you feel like that accomplishment means to this program and what it means to what this team has done this year it's a big milestone and I mean I just think about um I just think about, you know, it's funny when we were talking about the poll, I talked a lot about upward mobility, like with the points and whatever, but Auburn basketball has a ton of upward mobility as far as like program visibility. You know what I mean? If Kentucky gets number one, it's not that huge of a deal. They've done it a hundred times, but when Auburn does it, uh, Bruce Pearl's on sports center every other night, you know, and, and, and big, you know, the, 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 SVPs running down the highlights and, and everything like that. Um, it's a big, uh, I think it's, 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 it's just a big, I don't know. It's, it's, it's big for the program. I mean, it's hard to really put into words uh, where it's at, but every week you're number one. Um, I mean, it's only happened like one time ever was in the, the, the late nineties uh, that the team was flying this high. Um, but it's just big. And, and especially for, uh, a program like Auburn that just frankly hasn't been here before. And I know, you know, people take that as a slight from, you know, Kentucky fans or whoever, but Auburn has not been here before. It's all new. Um, so uh, just in that way, it's really big. It's, it's much bigger than if Auburn football got to number one, because Auburn football has been at number one before and is, is every, every college football fan knows Auburn, but there's, you know, it's the fact that you're doing it in men's basketball, um, it's just big time. It is. And uh, it's I think BP acknowledged it, you know, like, hey, it's a real accomplishment. Like we're not stopping our season. We still have so much to accomplish, but uh, it's a real thing. There's no denying it. There's no like there's no like oh, they still doubt us or anything. You know, <laughs> it's uh it is a it is a big achievement and uh, it's certainly an earned one. I think after that Kentucky game, I mean, uh, we'll see, we'll see how things go when Auburn can get back to the friendly confines after, you know, uh, surviving a trap in, in Missouri. Um, but I mean, anyone who was in that building on, on Saturday in Kentucky against Kentucky, uh, I think, I mean, I was there. And like I said, man, like, uh, no, no one is doing men's college basketball better right now. No, no, there's no program hotter. Um, there are tons of programs with more history, more facilities, better recruits, but no one's hotter than Auburn right now. So right now, Auburn is number one. Yeah, I think you hit on the biggest thing to me, which is it's essentially the, a feather in the cap. 
it's not like you said you don't you know and I think uh after that Kentucky win Bruce Pearl's like you know there wasn't a lot of like throwing water on each other like you know like that wasn't our season getting to number one doesn't really mean much other than it's something that's never happened before I think it's worth celebrating for the fact that that's never happened it's a, a credit to what this team has accomplished so far and obviously they've got bigger goals they got bigger things they want to achieve you know I'd imagine that the next step is to try to win the SEC regular season title which Right now they're in position to do so, but got a lot of games still left. I think I think like 10 SEC games remain on the regular season schedule if I saw that right earlier. So, yeah, I think it's a big accomplishment. I think kudos to, to accomplishing it and very much had the right to celebrate it for what it meant, what this team has accomplished. Now let's transition to the very first game that Auburn played as the number one ranked team. A very rough showing against Missouri on Tuesday night, which to me kind of felt like, it, you know, it feels like sort of a short turnaround from Kentucky on Saturday and then at Missouri on Tuesday night. Had a rough showing. It was a very poor shooting performance for both teams. Katie Johnson plays out of his mind down the stretch, has five consecutive points. Auburn eats out a 55-54 win. You kind of hit on it, and kudos to you, Justin. You really talked about before that. That, that had the making of a trap game. And by golly, that's what it wound up being. But but what did you take away from how they played that game, how it played out, but also the fact that Auburn still won despite some of the circumstances? Was it me and you earlier this season? I'm trying to remember when, like, Katie got two steals right before halftime to, like, get the team back in, back in the game or whatever it was. And we were like, wow, lucky they have KD. But then again, it was like, well, that's why we think highly of this team because this team has players like KD. Um, you know, like, so that's that's part of it, you know. Um, that's that's where you're, you know, that's – yeah, KD saved them, but that's why they're number one because KD's on the team. Uh, KD does stuff like that. Um, yeah, I think it was a big-time trap game. And, you know, I, I was um, – I guess it was a day later – when Kentucky had a whole other day rest and they went to overtime with Mississippi State uh, with Garrison Brooks and the gang. Uh, but, you know, and when I saw that, I thought, you know, man, both those teams might have just been tired. I mean, they played, you know, in a, a, an electric game and, you know, in the in, in front of the entire nation on CBS and and that'll, that'll get you. <laughs> and uh, Auburn had to travel all the way up to Columbia, um, all the way up there. Uh, so it's the longest hike I would imagine in the SEC. So for Auburn uh, as the starting point. So um, yeah, uh, d- definitely. I you know the trap was there. We saw it in Auburn. Uh, Bruce, you know, because I asked him because it was like you know uh, uh, one number one team had lost there already, and that was the South Carolina women's team who had lost there. And uh, but but Bruce kind of pointed to uh, he said, well, that's that's one story. There are a lot of stories and you just have to tell your team these stories so that they keep focused that it can happen. Uh, The last time uh, Bruce was number one was at Tennessee after beating Memphis. He beat number one Memphis when he was number two uh, at Tennessee. Tennessee ascends to number one, immediately loses at Vanderbilt. (laughs) So it almost happened again. But uh, I don't know. Uh, I think that, yeah, I, I do think there's uh, merit in that being a tough, tough travel to make, tough game to play. Um, Auburn's got to be better. Fair to question why it happened. Fair to question if everybody was focused. Uh, 
But then uh, me personally, the next day I turn around and, and, and I watch Kentucky go to overtime with Mississippi State. And I'm like, man, maybe they're just tired. So uh, that's now you step out of conference in Oklahoma and uh, you get a chance to see the team again and we'll gain more information and see if uh, see if they can they can get back to, to the level they were playing at. Uh, but yeah, avoided the trap, which is at the end of the day, all that matters. And sometimes it can be the best thing for you, right? Yeah, I mean, I think so too. And again, when a poor performance where you shoot, they shot like 30% and you still win on the road in conference. I mean, you know, it could have been worse clearly. And to me, it was really the point you were making about, you know, that we talked about earlier in the year, like, well, yeah, they have guys like KD Johnson. It was guys like KD that kind of put them over the top. It was KD with those five consecutive points. It was Devin Cambridge with nine offensive rebounds in like 11 minutes of, of court time. It was nuts how productive he was. And them winning the rebounding battles, a big reason why Auburn wound up beating Missouri like they did. And, you know, I think, and this was something Bruce talked a little bit about on Thursday when we talked to him to preview Oklahoma, you know, that Jabari didn't have a very good shooting night, but they still were able to win. They were still able to withstand their best player not having not having it, especially shooting. I think he still did a pretty good job as far as playing defense and rebounding, but it was a really quiet night for him shooting-wise. And, you know, as much as you can be encouraged by a night where you shoot 30%, Sometimes there is value in that. I mean, sometimes there is the value of, hey, man, we didn't have it, but the guys we needed to step up stepped up. And in that last two minutes, I mean, the game – I mean, Missouri could have very easily won that game. And I think that's a pretty good Missouri team. I mean, they're probably – you know, I think they're under 500, but they've played some teams really close. I think you can still come out of that game – and especially if you come into this Oklahoma game and, and get back, sort of set things back in order before kind of going down the back stretch of the SEC conference play, you know, this this could be the kind of situation where you can make the most of it and say, hey, we avoided what would have been a really rough loss on a night that we didn't have our best because guys on this roster stepped up. And, and we can learn from this and, and try to make something positive out of it. I'd say every win, uh, every every game Auburn plays is going to be a big game because the number one team's in it, you know. So every win is going to be a big win because uh, the number one team's in it. Every time you get to hold on to that ranking, you'll take it. And even if it's by a point, doesn't matter because, uh, I mean, if you like, – like you were talking about earlier, you know, how big this is, you know, we get a glimpse inside Bruce Pearl's office, and in his office he has this huge, like, 24 by 36 – reproduction of the Sports Illustrated uh, Chris Porter cover uh, from, from 1999 when they were Sports Illustrated's number one, not the AP's number one. Uh, but, you know, that, like, hey, what, remember, you know, he's got to show recruits. Remember one time, 20 years ago, we were number one. And now it's like, remember, you saw it on TV, we were number one. Uh, that makes a big difference. So, uh, hey, man, every, I, I think at this point, uh, obviously, uh, you know, in, a, in about a month's time, it's time to gear up for, for the tournament and make sure you're peaking. But as of right now, everyone's a big win as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I know the team's not focused that way, but if you're an Auburn fan, hey, man, keep riding the wave, keep keep doing the peacock, keep doing the whole thing because every win is uh, worth celebrating, I think. 
So kind of transitioning for toward that next game, Auburn is going to be playing Oklahoma on Saturday in Auburn Arena, part of the Big 12 SEC Challenge. This is an Oklahoma team that's kind of had a rough stretch. I think they've lost four of their last five, but they did beat a pretty good West Virginia team on the road earlier this week. Has the makings of what can be a pretty good outcome, a pretty good matchup from Auburn's perspective. You know, Oklahoma is led by Porter Moser, who was at Loyola Chicago, had a lot of success the last few years. Uh, you know, a lot of Loyola Chicago kind of wrap around the season with Auburn playing Loyola earlier in the year. Uh, but this has the makings of what could be a very valuable win for Auburn. 247 Sports' Nathan King pointed out that Oklahoma, I think, is like uh, 31st or 32nd in the net. So this could be a Quadrant 1 win for Auburn. Uh, what sort of stands out to you and what we've gotten to see, gotten to hear so far leading up to this Oklahoma game, a chance to step out of conference to try to beat you know, a pretty good non-conference opponent before you kind of turn the attention back to SEC play to end the regular season? Yeah, well, I mean, I'll turn it back to you, but I, I'm most curious of uh, how Auburn looks back at home, you know, like, uh, you know, the seven days after what we saw last Saturday, you know, uh, everyone in the world is talking about how Auburn's unbeatable uh, in Auburn Arena and, and unbeatable in that building. Now they got to prove it again against a good team. Um, I'm curious to see, uh, you know, because we don't know what's going to happen. I'm curious to see the, the you know, does, does, does that building – reverse everything we saw on Wednesday or, or Tuesday, whenever the game was, I don't know. Uh, does that, does the, is everything solved again when they're in front of the home crowd and, and what kind of big difference does it make? So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm most curious to just see how Auburn reacts. I mean, obviously it seems like Oklahoma, if they play perfect is capable of winning the game. Uh, but, but yeah, that's, I'm most curious to just see how they play back at home again. No, I mean, I think that's kind of the biggest thing. And to me, is just if they're able to find more of a rhythm offensively, because it just seemed like that lacked in that Missouri game, which, again, playing on the road, you know, that, that sort of situation. I mean, there were several minutes there in that game where neither Auburn nor Missouri could buy a basket. And, and you know, I think when you play a team like Oklahoma – you know, that West Virginia game, I think, is a good example of if you're not ready, they can come into your arena and beat you. And, and I think that that's a situation that Auburn's got to prepare for. I think that, yeah, I want to see how Jabari Smith kind of shakes off his probably his worst performance of his freshman season, which to me is, you know, commendable that we're at this point in the season and this is really the first time we've seen him really struggle and not really look like, the offensive threat that we know he is. So how does he kind of respond to that? Is he able to kind of shake that off, especially being in the home arena, having the jungle, having everybody on his side? What does that sort of look like? Are they able to kind of put Missouri uh, behind them, you know, move on past that and beat a pretty good Oklahoma team that's going to want to, you know, try to, especially in a coach's first year, that seems like that'd be a pretty good coup for Oklahoma to, hey, First year, we're building something. We just knocked off the number one team in the nation. They're going to want it. And Auburn, I think, is going to have to show up ready to go. It's probably as bad as these recent games where Auburn played Baylor and Gonzaga in the regular season, right? It was like, hey, we got a chance to knock off the number one team. That's the same thing Oklahoma's going to be saying. So, yeah, uh, big opportunity, big game. Hey, man, like I said, maybe that's the motto of the week. Uh, every game's a big game when you're the number one – when the number one team is playing in it. And if you're the number one team, that means every game you play is a big game. 
let's turn the attention from men's basketball to football. And we'll start with uh, what happened Saturday that we decided we would just save for our uh, middle of the week podcast. So some staff changes at Auburn. It was initially announced Derek Mason was not going to be back. All reports at the time had indicated he would go to Oklahoma State. That has, in fact, happened. He's going to be the defensive coordinator at Oklahoma State. With Derek Mason out after one year, Jeff Schmetting is moving up from inside linebackers coach to defensive coordinator. Stepping in is Christian Robinson. He'll be coaching linebackers. He was formerly the linebackers coach and interim defensive coordinator at Florida. Also joining the staff is Jimmy Brumbaugh, who had been an analyst at Oregon, former All-SEC player at Auburn, a name a lot of people around Auburn, I'm sure, remember fondly. And, uh, yeah, and a couple other sort of staff tweaks with Burt Watts. I think he's going to be assistant head coach. Um, you know, Zach Etheridge is going to be coaching the entire secondary, not just the cornerbacks. How big of a deal is Derek Mason leaving? The staff changes the way they look. Or, or even what was your take when you heard sort of about the staff shovel, shuffling and, and what that will mean for Auburn going into 2022? Well, I mean, it, it's uh, – I mean, the elephant – in the room, Jordan, we talked about it last week, uh, you know, by Brian promoting Jeff Shedding, Schmetting, uh, he's got no one to blame if things don't go poorly. It's, this is his deal. Uh, he's running it his way uh, in pretty much, you know, every every single way. I mean, he's, he's you know, a- every chance since he's gotten here, you know, he, he fired the wide receiver coach he wasn't familiar with, brought in a wide receiver coach or promoted a wide receiver coach that he's familiar with, uh, you know. The uh, fired offensive coordinator promoted a, a kid that he plucked um, his choice. That's not, you know, who, who's here to learn from him, really. He's a, he's a kid um, and, and brought in, a, you know, a now defensive coordinator who's, who's his guy. So, I mean, hey, listen, you wanted to see uh, the Brian Harson Auburn Tigers, you're going to get them in 2022. And, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes and, and, and see what happens after that. But um, you know, hey, man, at least he's going with, with, with what he's going with. He's not just uh, bringing in some scapegoat or blaming other people. Uh, he's going to go in. He's going in with his thing. So, I mean, that's the big takeaway. Like, I mean, I hate to make that the takeaway. Um, it's obviously a big move for Jeff Schmetting and his family. Uh, but, but, you know, that's, that's, kind of, that's kind of looking at a big picture. That's where it is. Um, but other than that, uh, you know, he, he's, he, Jeff now has an opportunity uh, in the SEC that he's never had before, that he had at, at, at he was a decent coordinator at Boise State. But, hey, man, I mean, there's always, um, I think anybody, again, uh, I think I've talked about this before, but I think anybody can relate to um, maybe, you know, in your workplace, whatever job you've got, there can be a situation where, you get to go go do somewhere go go somewhere and you're like and you're maybe you start hiring people and you're like oh I can hire all the people I want like let's we're gonna I'm gonna team up we're gonna do things our way the way we finally wanted to do it uh, we couldn't do it this way before now we can finally do it our way um, I think I think a lot of people can relate to that I mean even go back to school group project I'm group with my people I like now I can do things we can do it the way we want to and it's not gonna be dumb like last time right so. That that's what you're getting. Uh, they they they're fine. They're going to get together, put their brains together, and and get to do things without without interference. They're doing things their way. So uh, that's pretty much that would be my takeaway. And uh, obviously, um, it's uh, no way did Brian want to end his first season with his offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator leaving, and his quarterback leaving too. 
Uh, so it, it's tough, but uh, you know, he, he if he was sitting here on this Zoom with us, he'd just tell you it's he's he's going to try to survive in advance and and keep working hard and and all those things. So uh, we'll just have to see how it goes. Justin, were your group projects were you guys the uh, the Diet Coke and the Mentos? You got to you got to <laughs> be honest if that was that was the move. One time I did do a project on uh, whether a leather basketball or like a rubber basketball bounced better. It was kind of dumb though. Like I didn't check the PSI at all. So like, the yeah, I got points off. This was in high school. This is not in college. <laughs> this, in like, this is my this senior was, dissertation. Yeah. <laughs> this is like freshman year. I was, I was 13. Give me a break. But uh, that, <laughs> that I got points off for that and I, I should have. So <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think really my biggest thing is that for better or worse, which I mean, I think this is the point you made, that Brian Harson is going to do it his way, that he is bringing in an offensive coordinator in Austin Davis, who from everything I've heard is really well thought of, but has no background, never coached in the SEC, only I think 31, 32 years old. And then on the other side, a, a, a defensive coordinator that Brian knows well, but has one year of SEC experience, that being last year, and you're making him the defensive coordinator. Can it work? Absolutely. Can it fail? Yeah. Yeah, totally. And so, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. You go from year one where you've got two guys as your coordinators on both sides of the ball, a ton of SEC experience, one of them with SEC head coaching experience, and for whatever reason – you know, how much of it was Brian, how much it, it was Derek and Mike Bobo, it's hard to say from the outside as far as, you know, the departures and what led to what. Uh, but now you're looking at, okay, this was your chance to, to revamp it and this is what you want to do. And we just know what life is like as the coach at Auburn right now. We've hit on it. We've hit on it multiple times on this podcast you got Georgia who just won the national title on one side. You got Alabama that's primed to play and try to win a national title every year on the other. And you're working on borrowed time. And you can obviously add to that with winning. And you can add to that with showing proof of concept. And now this is all on Brian Harson. This is the chance that he's got to show that he is capable. And, and we're going to see if it works. I mean, you know, I, I mentioned today on Twitter – that, you know, they've had 16 players, 16 scholarship players now go into the portal, um, you know, with the latest being uh, Marquise Robinson, defensive lineman. They've had a lot of attrition. It's it's up to Brian Harson and this staff with Jeff Schmetting. And, and I will say, too, I like the two position hires. I think really highly of Christian Robinson from everything I've ever heard about him, even going back, I remember when he played at Georgia. And, uh, and, and Jimmy Brumbaugh's a guy that's coached around and coached a lot of places and has the background I think you would need at defensive line coach. But they've got to work on this roster. That's kind of the bottom line. I don't care who is the coordinators. I don't think this roster is in a very good spot right now. And, and they've got time, and they'll have time after spring ball, too, to try to retool it, to try to get guys that can make this roster better because I think – you know, that there's reason to kind of look at when a Derek Mason leaves for Oklahoma State, which I don't think you could really even say is a lateral move. Why did he do that? And I think you can kind of look at how this roster is made up really overall. And I think really on the offensive side is where my biggest concerns are. And you go, yeah, 
I can kind of see why a move was made like that. Now it's up to Brian Harson, Jeff Schmetting, Austin Davis, all these guys to either get the current roster as it is and just find a way to make the most of it or go into the portal where there's still plenty of talented guys where more guys will be coming in and, and looking at other options after spring football and try to make this thing better. Because if it's not able to contend, it's going to be a real issue for this coaching staff when the year's over. Well, they did close well on that December class. And however that happens, whether that's a full court press at the end, whether that's you were on them the whole time and just kept it silent, you know what I mean? Maybe, maybe they have that going on, uh, you know, going into the summer with uh, some transfer targets and uh, even some kids uh, who could sign in, in February. Um, there's not, so, not many on the public radar right now, but however they closed last time, whether that's, you know, finding guys and, and giving them the offer they were waiting for at the last minute, or if that was, uh, you know, maybe you had them all along and the way things that Brian staff does it is that they just keep it close to the vest. Uh, you know, a lot of programs like to, hey, commit, let's drum up excitement. Maybe they're the different way. Maybe they got a different mindset. Maybe they've got people uh, lined up to add here in the coming months and in the summer. But however they did it, uh, they need, I, I agree, they need to do that again uh, to, try to, to try to add to the roster right now. All right. Well, let's get ready to end this podcast with some Auburn gymnastics, a big meet coming up. Justin, just fill us in on what's going on and, and what the next challenge is for Auburn. Hey man, it's Alabama. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a really packed crowd uh, on Friday in Auburn Arena, and um, it's just gonna be uh, it's it's a big one. It always is. I mean, you can read about the streak and and all those things and what it means uh, for Auburn to you know. And, and gymnastics is such a strange sport because all year uh, wins and losses don't matter. Only the score matters. Then you get in the postseason, and only wins and losses matter because it turns into a tournament. It turns into head to head. Uh, which is weird, uh, but so, uh, but with Alabama, um, you know, you can't say the win-loss doesn't matter, so it does matter, and they know that, they admit that, um, but they're not going to sacrifice their plans, their long-term plans just to win this meet, um, but of course, um, you know, while, while uh, the coaches will strategically set up their lineup with long-term in mind, the gymnasts in those lineups are going to do everything they can to be as prepared as they can to hit as good a score as they can uh, to try to beat Alabama. I mean, that's, that's it. So um, it's going to be big time. Uh, Auburn's ranked number eight. Uh, Alabama's ranked number nine. These are based on scores. So there's no, there's no Jesse Newells here uh, for you to worry about. Um, and uh, Auburn's Auburn has laid down two uh, really good scores in 197 uh, plus, the two 197 plus scores is a 197-250 at Arkansas. And then last week's 197-350 was the second best score Auburn's ever recorded in program history. So, I mean, when you talk about, you know, uh, you know, it's a, a Suni Lee, uh, Sophia Growth, all those stars that, that came in with this class. Um, you know, what, what, what's the difference going to be? What's going to be, are they, are they immediately scoring as high as Florida and Michigan? No, you can't because you can only score up to 10, you know, SUNY, has got a cap on her. Uh, there's a roof over her head, but, uh, what it does mean with the depth that they've added is that they can really, uh, really put in some of the best scores in program history and possibly have the best season in program history, 
this year. And um, you can read, we read, so I mentioned two names there. I mentioned SUNY and then Sophia Growth. Everybody knows about SUNY, uh, five-star, 10-star prospect, you know. Uh, but, but when she was a five-star, her classmate, uh, Sophia Growth, was a four-star. Uh, she was committed since uh, since 2017, so like when she was in junior high, right? Uh, she's but she's been prepared for this moment, and in the first three meets, um, she's she's been a steady hand, uh, plugged right in as a starter. Uh, this is a freshman who started right away. You know, you compare that to any other sport, um, and, uh, and and yeah, and she's she's been strong. We wrote a story about her uh, that's online, ran in the paper. I think Wednesday. Yeah, uh, today's a story about Darion. So, yeah, so, uh, yeah, uh, big stuff happening, uh, big meet coming up. Um, and if you're coming to Auburn Arena, watch those freshmen because that's uh, those are the big, and then, and then of course, watch Darion, who's gonna bring down the house. I, I wrote a story about her just, just being the showman. I mean, how many, how many sporting events have a grand finale, right? The ending, uh, the ending to basketball is a lot of fouling and, and trying to get this thing over with and, and who knows what's going on with football, but uh, the, the grand finale, uh, you know, I guess it's, it's a little bit comparable to like Mariana Rivera coming in. If you had some, a closer like that, that's Dariango born uh, and, and people will get to see that uh, Friday and anyone can watch it. Cause it's on ESPN too. It's on the, it's on the big boys. It's a big boy network. So, uh, yeah, so anyone can tune in. Uh, I, I, it, no one's ever regretted tuning in. No one's ever, I, I promise. Uh, SEC gym, Gymnastics, I mean, Olympic Gymnastics, super popular. Uh, SEC Gymnastics is doing a really good job of capturing that, and it has all the money and the ESPN contract to uh, make that happen. So uh, big meet, big meet Friday. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. If Auburn, if Alabama gets a better score than Auburn, not the end of the world for Auburn, but a lot to win for Auburn if, if they if they do win uh, season's not over but they can celebrate and, and uh, give give Auburn fans one more thing to celebrate. I'm gonna make sure and put a reminder in my phone. I guarantee I'm gonna be watching. I think it's gonna make for a fun meet. Justin, let's get ready to wrap this episode up. Is there anything else we haven't hit on? Anything that we want to tell people to keep an eye out for as we get ready and get uh, set for another busy weekend? I don't know. I think that's about it. We're gonna we're gonna have more on. Uh, you'll have more on this this Auburn Oklahoma showdown. I'll have more on this Auburn Alabama gymnastics showdown. And uh, yeah, we'll be we'll be rocking and rolling. So just stick with us. That's about it. Absolutely. And then we'll get ready for signing day next week. I know we've got a few local guys. We'll keep an eye on like Lynette's Caden story, but we'll stay busy. But, hey man, it's a busy time of year, but we'll be all over it. So. We're going to get out of here on that. Thanks again for Justin. Thanks for everybody listening. Uh, we're going to get out on that. For Justin Lee, I am Jordan Hill. Until next time, take care. <laughs>